Hi, this is Pernilla from the True Crime Sweden podcast. I talk about true crime cases from Sweden, but of course, it's all told in English. So if you want to check out some new cases that you haven't heard about before, check out my podcast. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Castbox, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for True Crime Sweden. Hope to see you. Bye. Like, I don't know, and like, I can't find it credited anywhere, and it's just really fucking Did, catchy. You know Shazamic? No. That's I'm living that's in... the app before. I'm living in 2009. 2000 late? <laughs> 2000 late. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, hello! Oh, oh hi! hi. Alright, it's about 40 seconds in, I think we can introduce ourselves. <laughs> This is Doing Crime. That's Kat over there. And I'm here with the only known consumed twin to have survived. <laughs> Amelie. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> She's still missing half of her face. Happy to be here. <laughs> only reason I've survived is because I have two livers. <laughs> she stole it from the twin that tried to eat her. Yeah. You know what? You know, speaking of missing half of it, have you kept up with, do you know who Adam Ellis is? He's a, he's a comic illustrator. No. Okay. Have I kept up with someone I have no idea about? Have no. you Have you heard about Dear David? No. Is this sad? No. I want to do a fucking episode on this. I'm 99% sure this is fake. But mm. he lives in an apartment in California because he's a successful man. Mm. And so, not saying that non-successful men don't live. I'm just saying he's a successful, comma man who lives in California. Okay. Anyways, there was really no. Reason I didn't. To, no. I, <laughs> if he's a white guy, it's fine. You can yeah, say whatever white. you want about him. <laughs> okay. Well, first off, I think he's a fucking liar. But also, these pictures scared the shit out of me. Uh-oh. So he's living in an apartment that he believes is haunted, um, because he started seeing, uh. Uh, he started seeing this little boy with this extremely dented in head in his sleep, like in his dreams. And, um, the little boy started like, like he started actually seeing him in real life, not just in his dreams. And then like pictures started getting taken on his phone of like him while he was asleep. And like, it looks so fucking real. I can't look at the pictures. See, that's like, the that's the thing about living in today's modern age. It's so easy to manipulate. No, it's pr- it's absolutely most likely fake. I'm eighty eight percent sure it is fake. I'm eighty eight percent sure that it's fake, or that there's a real boy that he is trapped into his apartment with a severely dented in head. Yes. Sorry, pardon me for just one second. <clears throat> you need to WD forty that door. <laughs> um. Okay. Can we just talk about true crime Sweden for like forty five minutes? Yes. <laughs> this episode is entirely about true this crime. This is actually true crime Sweden American. <laughs> this is the this American. Is, this is the U.S. True crime Sweden is like the BBC, and we're it's just like gonna, the Office. We're just we gonna just badly it. copy it. <laughs> Actually, I prefer the U.S.'s office I do to too. the BBC office. I do Not too. saying Ricky Gervais isn't great. He's the best. But it's just a lot funnier. Mm-hmm. Mm. Anyway, 
So she retweeted me today. I'm like so excited about <laughs> it. I don't know why I'm just so excited. If you're new here, Amelie was born in Sweden. I just got my American citizenship in 2012. So her, her parents are like full Swedish. I'm full. She's Swedish. full Swede. Like you just can't tell because I can't speak Swedish. She's actually made out of meatballs. Yeah, and lingonberries, and like crudely, like really shitty furniture. Yeah, like there's pieces but it looks missing. good. Pieces missing. You can't move me. No. Like once I'm in a spot, don't move me. No, not at all. Then I'll be functional. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but she, it's like I don't know what, but what it is, but it's like whenever I hear her speak, it just brings me back to the homeland. Do you, you know? do you kind of develop like a Swedish accent after talking to her or listening to her? Mm, nay. Um, but it's cute because she's like i think she's a little insecure about her english but like her english is just miles kilometers she has better grammar than me yeah if we're being so much better at english than i am at swedish like it's and i'm an embarrassment to my family so are we doing recommendations now no i just wanted to talk about true crime sweden because she retweeted me today like she actually retweeted like a link to our episode which was pretty oh yeah cool thank you so, so thank much. you thank you if you listen thank you so much or you can say taxomike say that taxomike that means thank you so much oh thank you mm-hmm. i only know how to say bad words in polish i don't know if she knows polish um well kubiketika is pussy Kupaketika. Yeah, there you Koopa, go. Koopa, 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 <laughs> <laughs> sure <laughs> Um, okay. Oh, hey, we're talking about murder this week. It's a murder sode. So how brutal is yours? Um, you know, I'm sure it's pretty brutal, but I didn't write down a whole lot of details. It's not like super long. It's just a serial killer that I'd never heard of. Okay. Well, actually, I recruited outs- an outside researcher for oh, this. Oh, shit. We have an intern? And An unpaid un- intern? Unpaid intern, unpaid musician. Same guy. <laughs> My brother, Jim. Oh, Jim. Thanks, Jim. Jim. Jim, you beautiful, bearded, thick eyebrowed man. Dude. Un- unpaid intern, unpaid amazing. musician. But, I mean, he gets a shout out on an, a podcast that 40 people listen to. Yeah. If that. <laughs> Like 20 people listen to it twice. That only we listen to <laughs> 10 times each. <laughs> anyway, thanks, bro. Um, would you like to do the honors? Would you like to go first? I can. Let's do it. Okay. My case this week is the case of Harvey Glattman, a.k.a. the Lonely Hearts Killer, a.k.a. the Glamour Girl Slayer. Harvey is Nikki's firstborn, the name. This is him. Oh, my God. (laughs) No. Harvey's an angel, and he would never slay glamour girls. Okay. First off, can we settle something right now? Okay. Which sounds worse, having your throat slit or your throat cut? Um, I think slit sounds worse. Slit is the... Obvious worst word. Okay, okay. I'm just having a fight with someone who okay. says having your throat cut. Like, throat cut sounds worse than throat, throat cut slit. sounds like you cut yourself shaving. Throat slit means slit ear like, to ear dead. Slit to me 
the word slit sounds like the noise that it would make. I accidentally write the word slit at least four <laughs> times a day on my fucking phone. Slit isn't a word anymore. No. <laughs> We're saying it too much. <laughs> anyway, so this is Harvey Glattman. Uh, he was born in the Bronx to a Jewish family, December 10th, 1927. So his birthday just happened. Aw, happy birthday, Harv. He's not alive anymore. Uh, they then, uh, but they moved to Colorado and uh, he was raised there. And from an early age, Glattman exhibited antisocial behavior and sadomasochistic sexual tendencies. From like a super early age. I'm like, how early are we talking here? Um, well, the only reported case was like at 12, but they. That's they, pretty fucking early. It's pretty early. For sadomasochism. Yeah. I didn't get into that until I was like 25. <laughs> I didn't get into that until the accident. <laughs> Um, so at the age of 12, his parents noticed that he had a super swollen ring around his neck. Uh, hmm. he disc- and they were like, Harvey, what is- around the neck. <laughs> this is not a bushel in a peck situation. Um, <laughs> uh, they were like, Hey Harv, what's the deal? Yeah. And he said, mom, dad, listen, <laughs> Uh, so he described being in the bathtub, placing hmm. a rope around his neck, running the rope through the tub drain and pulling it tight around his neck to achieve sexual pleasure. He told his parents about that? Super chill about it, too. Like, have you ever had your parents, like, walk in on you, like, diddling your fiddle? Yes. Okay. Uh, My mom walked in on most me with a full sex toy. Embar- <laughs> <laughs> your mom had a sex toy? She's like, cat. <laughs> Try this. It's so much no, better. I had the sex <laughs> toy. And it was like, not just like a, oh, this is my lipstick vibrator. It was like a full <laughs> of like vibrating. It was like one of those suction cup ones where you like back up against the wall. <laughs> it was like one of those rabbit dildos with the beads in it that it like goes like, <laughs> and it like turns around. <laughs> I honestly don't know how she hadn't heard it. My dad is calling me. Dude, it's like he knows. He's like, hey, I remember that time. Here, I should probably give her a call. <laughs> That's bizarre. My, It's like, it's past my dad's bedtime right now. He was like, my mustache Look is at tingling. Picture. Look at the picture. <laughs> it Socks with sandals my, for you listeners. It's just a picture of my dad from like the calf down <laughs> with sandals with socks on. So, um, anyway. Okay, sorry. Sadomasochism. No. Bathtub. Sa- uh, sadomasochism. So... His mom was like, okay, we are going to a psychiatrist, a, a physician. We're yeah. going to a doctor of any kind. Yeah. Um, Good call, mom. <laughs> um, and uh, doctors just said, hey, he's going to grow out of it. It's going to be fine. <laughs> what? He's going to, all boys go through this. I remember my first <laughs> tub choking. <laughs> like it was yesterday. <laughs> The doctor, like, hides his with his stethoscope. Yeah, he's still doing it. <laughs> doctor, like, you're, 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 like, your, your collar must be too tight. And he's like, yes. That's exactly That's it. what it is. I wear a child's shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, so uh, he was an amateur burglar and sex offender. I don't know how amateur. you can be an amateur sex offender. Oh, I do. I think it's he was an ask a- my ex boyfriend. Oh. <laughs> Emily, do we need to process this trauma? No, no I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so I think it, he was an amateur burglar, and he was also a sex okay. offender. Uh, so I like copied a comma. this. I copied this straight off of Murderpedia. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Uh. When he was a teenager, he was breaking into women's apartments to tie them up, molest them, and take pictures as souvenirs. Uh, BTK much? Yeah. Like, Except he's pre-BTK. Pre-BTK. He wasn't killing women yet, though. Oh, okay. Uh, so he was just, like, tying, breaking in, tying them up, molesting them. Ugh. I don't know if that means he was... Well, I don't think... I think he was just, like, touching. I don't think he was raping yet because they do say that he raped later. Ugh, but so, the word molest. Molest is Ugh. a really awful it's word. It's terrible. Um, uh, and he was taking pictures. That's kind of like his M.O. Damn, son. Like, yeah. was he loaded? I guess. I bet it, like, cost a lot of money to have a camera back then. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that was, like, his hobby. His he, parents like, sets were, like, up shop. There's, like, an umbrella light and his, shit. His parents were, like, listen, if you stop fucking off in the <laughs> bathtub, Okay. If you stop choking yourself <laughs> in our goddamn closet and jerking off all in your mom's shoes, <laughs> we'll get you a fucking camera. We'll give camera. you your own dark room. <laughs> that seems like a we'll good We'll buy you idea. a place to go far <laughs> away from us. Um, uh, he was caught in 1945 and charged only with attempted burglary. He was like caught with a woman tied up, molesting, taking pictures, and the cops were still like, Nah, attempted burglary. Being a lady is great. <laughs> uh, less than a month later, he was out on bail. He uh. kidnapped a woman and molested her, and she went to the uh, she went to the police, and he was sent to prison for only eight months. <sighs> Good call. <laughs> so once out of prison, uh, Glattman moved to Albany, New York, where he was eventually arrested again for a series of muggings. He was given five to ten years for that. Wow. Yeah, five to ten like I said, years for muggings. Being ladies pretty cool. But not for kidnapping and molest sexually assaulting women. No. It was it was um, a different time, Catherine. He was sent to Sing Sing prison, which I hear Ooh. is the worst. Mm-hmm. So that's a little um, but it gets better, where he was diagnosed as a psychopath, but then he was a model prisoner and granted early re- release <laughs> in nineteen fifty six. What do they think psychopaths are? are like they can mimic other if, people if and every criminal was a normal. psychopath the prisons would be so great like yeah they would so clean yeah the grounds would be so well tended they're like all i have to do is convince these people that i'm normal every inmate would be given like a cat privilege <laughs> you know how some like are allowed to have cats if they're real but good. then they just set them all on fire the yeah whole they, prison just eventually like cat <laughs> eventually but they'd be able to hide it like super well yeah like how are these cats breaking into the boiler room <laughs> how does this keep happening so uh, Glattman then moved to Los Angeles after he was released early from prison. In ni- uh, he moved to Los Angeles in 1957 and uh, immediately started trolling around modeling agencies looking for women to satisfy his sexual urges. He would contact them with offers of work for Pulp Fiction magazines, so like fake magazines, yeah. uh, and then take them back to his apartment, tie them up, and rape them, taking pictures the entire time. Mm. So he... 
he would go outside. He would just like stand outside these modeling agencies and have like cards and shit and be like, I'm a photographer. You're beautiful. I work for this magazine. I want to do a photo shoot with you. Come with me. And yeah, like that's they're that you ladies. Know, they're oldest young, trick in the book. Yeah, and they're they're also like they're young women who have moved out to Hollywood to try and become stars. Plus, and so, playing on people's like insecurity is the best way. Well, they're trying to like break into the modeling world, so right. they're like any amount of exposure exactly is good exposure. Well, and someone telling you that you're beautiful and wanting to take your picture—that's like really flattering, you know? Yeah. So. Flattery will get you everywhere, as they say. Yeah, please don't flatter to murder. Yeah. Stop, <laughs> stop flattering. Uh, <laughs> Just be like me and constantly insult your best friend. P.S. Speaking of flattery, I had to go Christmas shopping for my boss today. Like, do his Christmas shopping, right? This ties in. It's kind of fun. No, it's not. Oh. I had to go to the mall. Oh. Literally park a mile away from the store. In heels, work clothes. I'm walking down with my RBF, and this guy goes, work it, girl, work it, girl, as I'm walking by him. Ew. Uh, yeah. Did you just... Like, how does that... Does that ever work? Did you just stare fucking holes into him? Also, my demeanor... And my businesswoman walk that I had going on. Your shoulder pads were so stiff. I'm already working it. Like, don't tell me <laughs> to work it more. I cannot work it. The floor would than... crack underneath me. <laughs> Your heels would become so sharp. <laughs> you wouldn't. You wouldn't even have to like have nails for your fingers to click against the screen That's for you true. to sound powerful. No, absolutely not. You... Anyway, it was just a terrible thing that happened today. So, um, yeah, go ahead. So, okay, taking pictures the entire time, uh, he would then strangle them and bury them in the desert. Uh, His two known model victims were Judith Dull and Ruth uh, Mercado. A third victim, Shirley Ann Bridgeford, was met through a Lonely Hearts ad in the paper. So he would also put ads in the paper. That's why he's also called the Lonely Hearts Killer. He would God put, damn it, that's such a fucking cool nickname, though. It is a cool nickname, but honestly. But it's so fucking terrible. Glattman is also a suspect in the Boulder Jane Doe, a victim discovered in Colorado in 1954. Uh, her identity would remain a mystery for 55 years. Uh, however, in October 2009, the Sheriff's Office of Boulder was notified by Dr. Terry Melton of Microtyping Technologies uh, that Jane Doe was an 18-year-old girl named Dorothy Howard. And they found that out because her sister, who... This was, like, back in 1954. And this girl's... Dorothy Howard's sister went missing. Dorothy Howard yeah. went missing. And they never knew what happened to her. And so her, her sister went to the DNA, like, database mm-hmm. place and was like... I think this Jane Doe is my sister. We never got closure. We never found Dorothy, and they took her DNA, and it was a match. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, at least she got closure in that way. And also, he was in Colorado during when she went missing, and he also drove the car, the same car, the same car, make, color, everything that she was seen getting into uh, when she disappeared. Okay. 
So he <clears throat> he did it. Obviously. Uh, so he was arrested in 1958, caught in the act of kidnapping and what would have been his fourth victim, and confessed to the other murders. He was found guilty and sentenced to the gas chamber, and he was executed September 18th, 1959. Holy fuck, gas chamber. Yeah, the gas chamber. Can you imagine being that last victim? Like... I would be scared for the rest of my fucking life. Oh, yeah. And, like, getting... Can you imagine, like, you're getting kidnapped, and then all of a sudden, like, he gets caught, and, like, like the police run up, and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, my first reaction would be like, this was a joke. Like, yeah. someone is playing a huge prank on me. Or I'd be like, did you just use me as bait? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, Jesus. <laughs> But yeah, I I'm sure she has a lot of hmm. a lot of unfortunate she lists. Yeah, she's she's here. That's good. Or she's dead. But Either not way. from it was him. a long time ago. So. Yeah. yeah, you know. Anyway, that was the story of Harvey Glattman, the Lonely Hearts yeah, Killer, never... or the Glamour Girl Slayer. You can also go online and type in you know Harvey Glattman photos, and you can see the pictures of his victims that he took. Oh. They're not like the. I think what. If I'm correct, he would tie them up and, like, take pictures, like, beforehand. And they thought that it was, like, just, a, like, an avant-garde type, like, really high fashion mm. photo shoot. And then he would, like, ambush them. Ugh. And so it's these... I've seen a couple of them. It's these pictures of these women and they're, like, so beautiful and they're so done up and they're kind of just lounging. But then you look at it closer and their hands are tied behind their back <gasps> and their l knees are tied together. Ooh. And it's, like, it's that very... That is fucking eerie. Yeah. And, it, like, a couple people think that he could have killed the Black Dahlia, but, like, he tied girls up, took pictures, and then strangled them. Yeah, he was not, not into, his MO. No, it's not, it's not his... Draining uh, them of blood and right, cutting that, them in half. and Just because it, like... And plus, she was killed during World War II, and, like, he was still in Albany. Or okay. Colorado. Yeah. She so. was in... Right. Debunked. Anyways. You heard it here first. I saw it. Actually, probably for like the 17th time, but... Yeah. Okay. So, first of all, can I just comment on this? Look, it says page four of... Or eight of 54, because... Why I is the font this. so big? <laughs> I began printing it, and I was like, damn, that font's huge. <clears throat> And then I had to add more paper, and I was like, fuck, this is, like, 90-year-old woman print. <laughs> yeah. Like, like large print books, except under a magnifying glass. Why did you print it There's so like big? There's, like, four words per page. <laughs> um, because I printed it from my phone, and you can't really control the size of the font, so I was just like, and plus I straight up just printed the Wikipedia page. Cool. Okay. Um, okay. I'm here for it. Thanks, Jim, for the link. Also, this murder is so fucked. Oh, good. Okay. So, it's they're called the Hi-Fi Murders. Have you ever heard of them? I have. I had never heard of them. I don't think so. Which Hi-Fi Murders? Yeah, like H-I-F-I. -I. No. Hi-Fi. Okay. So, on April 22nd, 1974, these... Um, five dudes one was named pierre one was andrews and one was robert uh there were other two there were two other guys but they were in the was that okay um 
they were in the car. So these three dudes went into a hi-fi store on Washington Boulevard, Ogden, um, in Utah, just before closing time. The three guys entered the shop with handguns, and while Robertson and another man remained in the vehicles, two employees, Stanley Walker, 20, and Michelle Ansley, 18, mm. were in the store at the time and were taken hostage. Pierre and Andrews took the two into the store's basement and bound them. And then the rest of them, they all began robbing the store. <clears throat> I think it's like a, it's like an old school Radio Shack. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, 74. So, like, electronics and shit like that. Like, there's boom boxes on the walls. Yeah. There's big headphones. Mm-hmm. There's, what Cassette else tapes. is? There's Walkmans. Yeah. There's probably, like, a record player or two. Maybe. Or, like. But they're on sale. Yeah, they're, like, super on. <gasps> there's VCRs. Hmm. Was in 72, or was it still Laserdisc? I, I don't think that VCRs were around yet. We're veering, because this is literally... <laughs> I just want to set the scene. <laughs> okay. It's also, everything's in sepia tone. Yes. Yes. And every everything piece is of equipment is brown. Yes. Everything is so brown. Brown and metallic. Or brown and metal, but like brown, a dull metal. Like, like not chrome, but no, like... No, God, no. Like, kind of like a scratchy silver. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You're there. All right, so they were in the store at the time. <clears throat> oh, sorry. Moving on. Um, so later, a 16-year-old boy named Byron Courtney Naisbit arrived to thank the owner, Walker, for uh, allowing him to park his car in the store's parking lot while he ran an errand next door. He was also taken hostage and tied up in the basement with Walker and Ansley. God, you try to do a <clears throat> nice thing and you get taken hostage. No shit, man. That's like fucked. A, like a 16-year-old came into the store to say thank you. Holy shit. Um, kids these days would never do such a thing. <laughs> um, anyway, later that evening, Oren Walker, Stanley's 43-year-old dad, he started to get worried that his son hadn't come home. And uh, Courtney Naisbitt's mother, Carol Peterson Naisbitt, also arrived at the shop later that evening looking for her son who was late getting home. Both Oren Walker and Carol Nisbet were taken hostage and tied up in the basement. So they're just like collecting hostages, right? Yeah, they're they're not like because usually if you're robbing a store, I've never done it. Mm-hmm. But like you generally see like in movies and stuff, they like like turn the clothes sign around. Yeah, like shut the shutters or something. It seems like it was like a close knit community because yeah. you know, like they all knew each other. It seems like yeah, <clears throat> people are just well. The parents obviously knew their kids. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway. Who are you? Um, Who's been living with us for 16 <laughs> years? So with five people now in the basement held hostage, Pierre told Andrews to go get something from their van. Andrews returned with a bottle and a brown paper bag, and Pierre poured from the bag a cup of blue liquid. Pierre told mm. Oren to give the liquid to all the other hostages, but he refused, so he was bound, gagged, and left face down on the basement floor. So, Pierre and Andrews then propped each of the victims into a sitting position and forced them to drink the liquid, and they, he told them it was vodka laced with sleeping pills. Instead, it was actually liquid Drano. Fuck. Mm-hmm. So, the moment it touched their lips, huge blisters rose, and it began to burn their tongues and throats and peel away the flesh around their mouths. Ugh. <clears throat> Ugh. 
Oh, it's no, I got bad. Drano and antifreeze mixed up because antifreeze you can put in Gatorade and, like, you can't yeah, tell no, the difference. No, no, no. Drano, it's, like, that's the shit that, like, dissolves hair and shit and drains. That's yeah, yeah. fucked. So Ansley, um, still begging for her life, was forced to drink the drain cleaner, too, even though she, it was reported by Orrin Walker that she coughed less than the other victims. So Pierre and Andrew tried to duct tape. This is so fucking brutal. They tried to duct tape the hostage's mouth shut to hold the drain cleaner in and to quiet their screaming, but the oozing blisters prevented the adhesive from sticking. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Jim. Remember, Jim Jim. Falmouth. Um, Oren Walker. I have Horace on SoundCloud for all of your beats. There you go. For all of your music needs. Nice plug. Yeah. Um, Oren Walker was the last to be given the drain cleaner. But see, he was seeing what was happening to everyone else, so he allowed it to, like, kind of pour out of his mouth, and then he mimicked the convulsions and the screams that the that his son and fellow hostages were doing. Jesus. So the Pierre guy got mad because the everyone, the deaths were taking too long and were too loud and messy, so he shot both Carol and Courtney Nesbitt in the backs of their heads, uh, proving fatal for Carol but leaving Courtney alive. Mm-hmm. Then he shot Orrin Walker but missed. He fatally shot Stanley before shooting at Oren, this time grazing the back of his head. <clears throat> are you still are you still with me? Yeah. Okay. Then Pierre took Ansley, the 18-year-old girl, mm-hmm. to the far corner of the basement, forced her at gunpoint to remove her clothes, and repeatedly and brutally raped her after telling Andrews to clear out for 30 minutes. When he was done, he allowed her to use the bathroom while he watched, then dragged her, still naked, back to the other hostages. Also, her her entire mouth is gone. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, He threw her on her face and fatally shot her in the back of the head. Oh, my God. Dude, this is, like, so fucking brutal. I probably should have gone first. Now I'm thinking about it. (laughs) Maybe. Like, (laughs) sorry. Um, But according to... So, spoiler alert, there's two survivors. Okay. So, Oren survived. But according to him, her last words were, I'm too young to die. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So Andrews and Pierre noted that Oren was still alive, so Pierre um, got on top of him, wrapped a wire around his throat, and tried to strangle him. When this didn't work, Pierre and Andrews, and this is, my God. This is the one thing that Jim, like, texted me, like, holy shit. Pierre and Andrews put a ballpoint pen into his ear, and Pierre stomped it until, yeah, yeah. It punctured his eardrum, broke, and exited through the side of his throat. This is no longer a podcast. <laughs> this is just audio to a snuff film. Dude, seriously. I feel like I'm, like, sort of scale over here now. So Pierre and Andrews then went upstairs, finished loading equipment to their van, and left. <clears throat> so, that's the end of the brutality. Pretty fucking terrible, right? The, I don't know why worst. I had you go first. I should have gone first. This uh, is dumb. There's no way I could top I could top stomping a ballpoint well, pen into you don't a man's top head. It, but I mean like it's a little less I don't know. Anyway. So the bodies were discovered about three hours later when Oren's wife and other son came to the store looking for them. Oren's son heard noises coming from the basement and broke down the back door. Fuck yeah. Yeah. While Mrs. Walker called the Ogden police. Stanley Walker and Ansley were already dead, obviously. Carol Nisbet was taken <clears throat> by ambulance to St. Benedict's Hospital, but was pronounced dead on arrival. Courtney, though not expected to live, survived with severe and irreparable brain damage. Mm. 
Um, he was hospitalized for 266 days before being released. Orrin Walker survived with extensive burns in his mouth and chin, as well as the damage to his ear caused by the pen. Ugh. Can you imagine surviving that shit? God. Mm. So hours after the news of the crime broke, an anonymous Air Force employee called the Ogden police and told them Andrews had confided to him months earlier. One of these, this is a quote, one of these days I'm going to rob that hi-fi shop and if anybody gets in the way, I'm going to kill them. Mm. Um, so hours later, two teenage boys dumpster diving near Hill Air Force Base, which I'd never even heard of that yeah, place. Yeah, I've in, never. It's in Utah. Oh, uh, where that's Pierre, probably why I've never heard of right. it. Pierre and Andrews, where Pierre and Andrews were stationed, contacted the police after discovering the victim's wallets and purses, recognizing their pictures from the driver's licenses. The detective who responded to the scene, believing the, the killers might be in the crowd, put on a show for the gathered airmen. Speaking dramatically, he waved each piece of evidence in the air with tongs as he removed it from the dumpster. Later, he noted that most of the service personnel who gathered around the dumpster stood still and watched in relative silence, with the exception of two men. Can mm. you guess who those guys were? Pierre and Andrews, who paced around the crowd, speaking loudy, loudly and making frantic gestures with their hands. <clears throat> Excuse me. The detective later received an award from the Utah branch of the Justice Department for his proactive techniques. So, based on the two men's reactions to the evidence being removed from the trash bin and the officer's implication of Andrews, Pierre and Roberts were arrested. A search warrant was then issued for the barracks. Police found flyers for the hi-fi shop and a rental contract for a unit at a public storage facility. Following the issuance of another search warrant, stereo equipment taken from the hi-fi shop, later identified via serial numbers, was recovered from the storage unit. Also recovered was a half-empty bottle of Drano. Mm. Why would you fucking keep that shit? I have no fucking clue. I like, the, the equipment, maybe, because you might... But, like, the Drano, why? I mean, uh, trophies, you know? Mm. It just... Ugh. So... I, I feel a little sick. I'm yeah, I know. Lie. I'm sorry. Ugh, it's pretty I feel, fucking brutal. I've I read feel the, bad. I've read through this, like, four times, too, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, what? I'm, am I really going to do this one? Okay. So, with the collection of evidence, Pierre and Andrews were charged with first-degree murder and aggravated robbery. Another airman, Keith Roberts, who had waited outside the hi-fi shop in a getaway vehicle, was charged with armed robbery. So, it makes me feel a little less safe to be on an Air Force base. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Well, people, you know, I I have you walk me out every time I'm over here because, like, people like to say, like, oh, you're on a military base. It's safe. It's fine. Fucking psychos get into the military yeah. every day. That's true. Every fucking day. As long as you don't have a record, like, you're good. So yeah, as long as like, you've gotten away with everything so far. Yeah. Like, fuck. Like, yeah. I, I'm i not risking it. Cool. I can't wait to go running tomorrow. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait. You just hear the, like, the, the angry click of a ballpoint pen <laughs> coming at you. So, um... Pierre, Andrews, and Roberts were tried jointly for first-degree murder and robbery. Pierre and Andrews were convicted of all charges and sentenced to motherfucking death. Good. Roberts was convicted only of robbery and was sentenced to imprisonment. He was paroled in 87, which, I mean, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, he wasn't there inside, but still. And I'm not pro-death penalty either, but I'm not anti-death penalty. I guess, like, with shit like this, or I'm, Or moderate like, death fucking... penalty. Because yeah. I feel the same way, too. I'm, like, not for it, but also not against it. I feel mm -hmm. like it's one of those very case-by-case -case mm -hmm. situations. Um, 
like yeah pouring these, Drano sh- like if kicking you, a pen inside someone's you, ear not you pour Drano in and they had a mouth. gun the whole time yeah they could have just they could I'm not saying that these people should have no, been murdered no no not uh, not at all but this was just this was they brutal. wanted to see them suffer yeah you shot a, a 18 year old girl in the back of the head raped her and then shot her again yeah Mm-hmm. Like the last thing she did as an alive person was be forced to go to the bathroom and you watch. Yeah. It. Like, goddamn. I know. Fuck. I'm sorry. It's so bad. During the trial, it was revealed that Pierre and Andrews had robbed the store with the intention of killing anyone they came across and in the months prior to the robbery had been looking for a way to commit the murders quietly and cleanly. The two then repeatedly watched the film Magnum Force. Here we go. This is where they got the idea. In which prostitute, a prostitute played by Margaret Avery is forced to drink Drano <clears throat> and then is shown to immediately drop dead. Mm. So Pierre and Andrew decided that this would be an efficient method of murder and decided to use it in their crime. So, you know. I don't know. Maybe they should have practiced it on each other. No shit. <laughs> God damn. That would have been such a good idea. Uh, so, survivor Orrin Walker was the star witness for the prosecution, but due to his amnesia, Courtney Naisbit, or I'm sorry, due to his amnesia, Courtney Naisbit was unable to testify. His father, Byron Hunter Naisbit, did testify. So, the official police report stated that six black men driving two vans committed the robbery. Roberts and another man remained with the cars, and two others loaded the vans while Pierre and Andrews tortured and killed the victims. However, detectives only had enough evidence to convict Pierre, Andrews, and Roberts. <clears throat> Ogden Police Department Officer Delroy White, who was a detective when he worked the case, uh, observed Andrews was the brains behind the whole deal. The whole, the one who organized it, Pierre, was the enforcer. So these guys were all in the Air Force. There's like a whole stint about their background and all that stuff. <clears throat> but there was like this whole to do about their trial because mm-hmm. they said that it was um, race racist and that they didn't get oh, a fair so trial. They're not white. I just no. assume that they were white. No. Oh, is that racist of me to assume that they're white? I don't think it's racist since you assume they're white. Okay. If you assume they were black, then it'd be racist. Email us. Email me and let me know. <laughs> Because Who's more racist? <laughs> I I don't know. I just always assume the most fucked up people are white. I don't know. Never mind. Pierre is from um shit. I got rid of those pages because there were so many pages that I just got rid of them, but he's from um not America. Somewhere in Africa. Oh, okay. But he moved to America when he was like fifteen. Okay. Somehow joined the Air Force. I don't know. Anyway, so following the handing down of death sentences to the defendants, the NAACP and Amnesty International campaigned to commute Pierre and Andrew's death sentences. The NAACP demanded that Pierre's and Andrew's death sentences be revoked because of racial bias in the trial. They said that the defendants were both black and the victims and jury were all white. According to Amnesty International, the sole black member of the jury pool was stricken by the prosecution uh, during jury selection. Andrews also accused the judicial system of racism following the NAACP's request for reduced sentences. In an interview with USA Today, he claimed that he never intended to kill anyone. 
Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> you brought fucking Drano and a gun. Also, yeah. But, okay. And a ballpoint so, pen. So, we see this with the OJ trial. Mm-hmm. They want the... The defendant wants the, the the defense wants more black people on the jury and the prosecution doesn't, but they also kind of do. They want more like black women. Yeah. Uh and so I can see how it would be extremely problematic to be trying two black men in Utah when you don't have any black people on the jury. Yeah, but in the Utah's 1970s, such a white state, right? So generally, in like that case, they would like go outside of like the like the district of whatever. Yeah, uh, I imagine it's pretty high fucking profile too. Like, yeah, shit. I'm sure. I'm I'm really surprised. Yeah. I haven't heard about. This. Me too. That's like, why when I read really it, I was like, surprised. Oh my god, how have I not heard about this? Um, we listen to pretty much every single true crime yeah. podcast. And have watched every forensic files. But yeah, I oh. I'm sorry, Excuse am I boring me. you? No, I'm, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I can see how I can see how <clears throat> not having a a person of color on the jury, a black person of color specifically on the jury would be problematic because nineteen seventy five in Utah, they're mo- the jury members are most likely going to have a racial bias, especially if the victims were white. Uh, yeah. Well, um, that's the hi-fi murders. Oh, uh, those two dudes were fucking executed. Good. Yeah. So, fuck. bye. Fuck you. Bye. Like, bye. Oh, my God. That's fucking terrifying. Yeah. I couldn't... Mm, I feel bad. <laughs> Why do you feel bad? I feel bad about, like, my life. I, don't I know. know. <laughs> I feel guilty for being alive I feel alive bad right now. that I had to... I had to be exposed to that. <laughs> I need to go. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks, Jim. God. Um, um, do you think he just typed in fucked up Air Force murder? Maybe. Probably. I don't know. Like, I was I was actually leaving my doctor's appointment. I had just gotten my stitches out, and I was like, dude, I do not feel like researching. Like, what am I going to do? And I was like, hey, bro, you want to help a sister out? You want to... I was like, hey, do you want to find a crime for this week's episode? And I was like, oh, P.S., make sure it's murdery. And he did. He, he, he got tired of me murdery. shitting on Ohio every chance that I can. <laughs> and he was like, look, <laughs> I'm going to shit on the Air Force first, and then I'm coming for Louisiana. No, it was Utah. Well, the Air Force. Yeah. But also Utah. What do you mean? What? Because they were in the Air Force. Yeah, but they, he didn't shit on Louisiana. Yeah. And that's next. Oh, that's next. Right. I see. So he's going to find a fucked up thing that happened in Louisiana. Yeah, I'm sure. Easy. Yeah. Fucking easy picking. Yeah. I'm sorry, but hey, for real. I have a list of things that just happened to me. <laughs> like, we, <laughs> we can get into it. I don't know. Ohio is the Florida of the North, though. So. Ohio is the Florida of the North. And Florida is the Ohio of the South. Yes. <laughs> They just swap around. Can we get that on a mug? Yep. Ohio I'm sure it exists of the somewhere. North. I'm sure it exists somewhere. I'm sure. Because I didn't come up with that. No. no. That's probably not the first time that you've heard that either. It might be. Oh. I don't know. Okay. Anyway. So that's the fucked up hi-fi murders. Um, 
try to get some sleep tonight. Try. I will. I'm actually, you know, I took a depression nap today. Aw. Yeah. Those are the best. Yeah. My hair. You sleep so deeply. And like, and you wake up, you're so disoriented. And yeah. you're like, I almost said disorientated again. <sighs> Fucking Aussies. <laughs> That's how the Aussies say it. I was on, I'm, you wake up. Okay. You lay down to take a depression nap. You wake up. You feel worse than when you lay mm-hmm. down. And you're like, wow, I would pay any amount of money to go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. I've been having a rough two days. Three? Has it been three days? Two. Two? Mm-hmm. A rough two days. <laughs> Man, it's been a case of the Mondays. <laughs> Since Tuesday. Since Tuesday. <laughs> do you have any recommendations? Um, I would recommend depression naps. Uh, I would recommend. I don't know. Cat's bummed out. I'm pretty bummed out. All right. Mm, I would. Re- I would recommend. Okay, this is what I'm gonna recommend. Okay. I'm gonna recommend not being so vulnerable hmm that's not that's not a uh a playback to either murder that we talked about no 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 no. emotionally (laughs) don't be so emotionally vulnerable like you were like don't have a vagina basically (laughs) don't don't have easily pierceable skin (laughs) become like an armadillo (laughs) Where only your underbelly is soft. Do you know I've ev- only ever seen dead armadillos? Really? Yeah. I've been exposed to a few live ones. Do you also know... They kind of just shuffle across the ground. That they carry leprosy. Uh, I'm fucking sure. They're they the do. worst. Yeah. They're like the possums of the... Possums are great, and I'm so tired of them being... being. <laughs> they just remind me of possums a little bit, but they with do like look, a hard exterior. They do look possum-like. Possums mm-hmm. are great. Their bodies are too cool to, to incubate rabies, so they don't have rabies. They're America's only marsupials, and they only eat dead things, and like they break things down for the environment, and they're really, really great, and they're great to have, and stop killing possums. They're so nice. I didn't kill possums did That's i tell good. you i found a baby one in my front yard yeah i came over and we were looking for it mm, and then it left it got swooped up no it did not leave it of its could own hardly move. it was abandoned by its mother i thought it was a large rat <laughs> um okay i have a recommendation of what not to watch okay don't watch the hateful eight the quentin tarantino movie is it just bad it's like a long build up to a stupid ending. I don't know. I was, it was like. Is that the one with Channing Tatum? Yep. Oh. So like, I like Quentin Tarantino. Like. Yeah, me four too. Four fucking rooms, Kill Bill. Get I like all the here. blood he uses. Yeah. So, well, if you like blood, I mean, there's a lot of blood, but like. This one's almost too Quentin Tarantino. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, I feel like. Oh my God, Quentin Tarantino just like rubbed his dick all over this script and it's just So like, it's like every recent M. Night Shyamalan movie? Yeah. Yeah. That's um, disappointing. I'm on, in a really negative way right now, so all I have <gasps> are like recommendations Me of what too. not to do. Okay, don't talk to anyone ever. I recommend that. Except Honestly, your podcast. Okay. Actually, I have one person. great thing to say. I want to give a shout out to Maria Barber. She's on Twitter and 
she's like constantly putting us in her like playlist, like pods to listen to. She's a really great Is that follower. Her? Yes, I love her. Thank you so much. She's honestly so amazing we're gonna put your twitter handle in the the recommendation spot that's my recommendation oh yeah she's also, fucking cool yeah, she like lumped us in with like true crime garage and shit which we are not worthy dude thank you so much like, and also don't be vulnerable don't have have boundaries and have walls yes because when you don't be jaded when you don't have boundaries and when you don't have walls and you just say how you're feeling all the time, it freaks people out and then they don't want to talk to you anymore. That's very vague. Thank you, Kat. <laughs> My welcome. recommendation is don't have your half your nipple cut off because yeah. it's real itchy and it hurts kind of bad. <laughs> like right now. <laughs> like I was straight up looking at... At my areola as you I were speaking. I saw. I saw your grimace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny that you say that because my areola looks like grimace. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> okay. Um, your Twitter. What, what's our Twitter handle? Our Twitter as uh, is doing underscore crime. My personal Twitter is at I have adipose. It's real dark these days, guys. So maybe don't follow me. Yeah, if you're bummed out and you want some company, like, listen to Elliot Smith, look at Kat's Twitter. <laughs> just <laughs> scroll through, see, like, two weeks of me being so excited and then just, like, so bummed. <laughs> so bummed. It wasn't me. No. Um, mine is at Omelie underscore 1010. Our Instagram is doing crime. Our Email is uh, doingcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Email us your crimes that you want to hear us talking about or your palate cleanser recommendations. Even before that, though, give us a five-star review, please. Please. Come on. Please. Come on. Please. Oh, also, um, I just wanted to say last week, I think we freaked some people out because we put that um, the ad at the beginning for the other podcast. Yeah. And it's like, like, Sanctus was like, I had to keep checking to make sure I was actually listening to your podcast because you guys changed your music. Oh. I was like, I didn't, we didn't change our music. Bruh. Oh, also speaking of that, if you listened to the last episode, you heard our great promo for our new friends. Uh, and if you're a smaller podcast, we would love to promo, we would love to cross promo. So you can email us your 30 second, uh, to 45 seconds, 30 to 45 promo and we'll email you one back just let us know when you put it in your episode and we'll let you know the same we're really all about helping out helping out our friends and but mostly like getting our name out there us little guys <laughs> us little guys gotta stick together anyway thank you so much for listening and thanks for doing time with doing crime tip your bartender bye bye bye